Welcome to CSAT Thursday Ministry Series. So this semester, uh, we have been getting into the book of Leviticus. So in this book, we saw the five basic offerings. So do you remember all these five offerings? Okay, one, and then two, three, four, five. Okay, so we have seen the five basic offerings. So these five basic offerings are the tithe for Christ. You know, in John 1.29, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming, behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So Christ as a Lamb of God is the totality, the aggregate of the, all the offerings in the Old Testament. So we have Christ as a real offering. And then the Leviticus is God speaking to the children of Israel, but he spoke out of the tabernacle, which is the tent of meeting. So this tabernacle is the type of the Christ, and also church. Yeah. So the in Exodus, the tabernacle was built, it was erected. And then in Leviticus, God is speaking out of the tabernacle, which is the tent of meeting. So I mentioned John 1.29, but John 1.14 says of the word, who is God, what was God, became flesh and tabernacle among us. So through incarnation, Christ tabernacled among us. He became a tabernacle. So the tabernacle is a type of Christ, right? But at the same time, it is a type of the church. It's a type of church or a type of Christ. It is both. So that's why we need the divine revelation. So the church is enlargement of Christ. So many times we think, okay, the church is kind of physical building. I grew up in Christian family, and my friend asked me, okay, what did you do during weekend? I went to the church. Oh, you went to the church? Which church? So still, do you think the church is a physical building? So we need to come back to the word of God and then see what the church is according to the divine revelation in the scriptures. Okay, what about we read Roman number one together? Ready? Go. What the church is. Okay, what the church is. And A. And then Matthew 16, 18. So when you uh, read the book of uh, Matthew 16, so the Lord asked uh, disciples, so who do men say that I am? And then they answered, some say you are uh, the prophet, you are Elijah, the John the Baptist, or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And they said, so you, who do you say that I am? And then Peter said, you are the Christ and the son of the living God. And then the Lord said, blessed, blessed, blessed are you, Simon, Arjuna, because flesh and blood uh, did not reveal this to you, but the Father who is in the heaven. So for us to see who Christ is, we need a revelation from God who is in the heaven. And then God said, okay, you say that I'm a Christ, I will say something else. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So you just see who Christ is, just you know, uh, having the revelation 
have. So you need the second half. We need to see the church. So upon this life, upon Christ, upon the revelation of who Christ is, he will build up the church. So uh, the church is ecclesia in Greek language. So it is composed of two words, ek and kaleo. Ek means out or from. And then kaleo means call. So ecclesia is the call out assembly. So we are in the world, but God has his purpose. He has called us out from the world onto himself for his purpose. So the church is uh, the assembly of the living person. It's not, you know, the building or it's not uh, the physical building without life. And then, okay, let's read B and the verses. First, we can see the church is a called out assembly, and then the church is the house of God. The house in Greek is oikos. Oikos means house, and it also means the folks, the family. They make up the house. So to us, house is house, house is one thing, and then family is another thing. But to God, the house is the family. House is the household of God. Ephesians 2, 19, Paul says, uh, you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are members of God's family. And then later, verse 22 says, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in spirit. You are members of the household of God and you are the dwelling place of God. So to God, the church is the house of God. So man's house is a place of living, you know, residing and rest. That's why at the church being the house of God is a place of God living, residing and rest. So God is looking for the church. God is looking for the house. He's looking for the rest on the earth. Uh, Isaiah 66 1 says, Basically, he said, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is my house? Where is place for my rest? God wants to have a house. God wants to have a dwelling place on the earth. But that dwelling place, not physical building, it is just us with the church, our God's house. And then, okay, let's move on to three. I see. And then we can read and the verse it together. Ready, go. The body of Christ, the church which is in the body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. To God, the church is the house of God. But what is the church to Christ? To Christ, his church is the body, the body of Christ. In Matthew 8 20, the Lord says, the foxes have holes, and then the birds of heaven have roots. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
So what are you going to lay your hat? There's the hat. You're going to put the hat on the desk, the table? No, you need to lay the hat on the body. So Christ the hat, and he needs a place to lay his hat. Right? So he needs a body. Without the, the church, without the body, he's not, in a sense, complete, you know? And then this verse says, uh, the church which is body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. So body of man is the fullness of man. This body is for man's expression. So our Christ is unlimited, he's extensive, he's great, unlimited. So this Christ needs uh, something to express himself. That is the church. So we the church are the fullness of Christ. So when uh, we talk about the fullness, so we also need to remember the riches. The fullness comes from the riches. So there's a difference between the riches and the fullness. So you may have riches, but you may not have the fullness. Unless you eat and digest food, you cannot have the fullness. Our Christ has unsearchable riches of Christ. But are we really enjoying his riches? Are we eating him? Are we drinking of him? Are we digesting him? And then through the enjoyment of the unsearchable riches of Christ, we'll have the fullness. That is the church. So I need to enjoy the riches of Christ, and you need to enjoy the riches of Christ. You need to feed on the word, you know, eating Christ, digesting Christ, and then help others eat Christ. And all together will be the fullness of the one who feels all in all. Okay, and then D. Ready, go. And then first. Which is being renewed unto all The church is not only the body of Christ, it is a new man. So the church, as the body of Christ, is a matter of the life. So the body shares the life with the hand. And then the church being the new man is a matter of person. So the church, as the body of Christ, takes Christ its life. Christ is our life. And then the church as a new man should take Christ as our person. Christ is our life. Christ is our spirit. But are we really taking him as our person? So for us to take Christ as a person means uh, we stop doing everything according to our preference and taste. So Christ is our person. We need to take his preference. We need to take his taste. And we need to do everything according to his preference and taste. Sometimes 
you desire to go to shopping. And then the Lord said, I don't want to go shopping. Right? What do you do then? When you take quiet of your person, Lord, yes, I want to be here. I'm not going shopping. You are going, I'm going. You're not going, I'm not going. So this is a practical way to take Christ as our person. Our Christ is a living person. He has personality, he has desire, he has goal, he has purpose. So we need to take his goal as our goal. Take his preference as our preference. That means uh, we are living him. And then you can say, like Paul, to me to live is Christ. God is living in us. God is living through us. So these verses said, you know, put on the new man. The church is the, the new man. But all of uh, mankind was corporate old man in Adam. So we need to put off the old man and then put on the new man. I said the church is the body of Christ. This new man is the body. So to live, uh, to put on the new man means we need to live a life by the body. So you need to live as members in the body. So you have certain feelings, but the body has another feeling too. You need to check with your body. We are just a member. So we have only one head. Christ is my head. Christ is this brother's head. Christ the head of your sister. So we always check with the body. You need to be in fellowship. And they said, uh, the where in the new man, there cannot be. There cannot be. I want to underline, cannot. Christ is only head. In this new man, there cannot be. What does that mean? Cannot be Greek. There cannot be Jew. Cannot be circumcision. Cannot be slave. Cannot be free man. But Christ is all man and in all men. So that means in, the, in this new body, there's nothing natural. So in the old man, and I'm a Korean, you're American, some are Mexican. So the churches are the call out people, call out assembly. So we are from you know, different backgrounds. We have different religion. We have different social ranks. When we are living in the old man, we are bringing all these things to the church. But in the new man, in the church, there's no room for American. There's no room for Chinese. There's no room for uh, Latinos. There's no room for Korean. So that means we need to be filled with Christ. We need to be saturated with Christ. And then Christ can have the church as a one new man. Taking Christ as life is not that hard, but taking Christ as a person is really difficult. So how can we take Christ as a person? You know, I have my own desire, I have all my 
aim, my purpose, my taste. The only way to take Christ as our person is love. Love is the only way that we can take Christ as our person. You love somebody so much, you're willing to give up everything you have. You're willing to give up your opinion, your preference, your taste. You like to be one with that person you love. So this is why we need to see that Christ is the counterpart of Christ. So what about we, we read the verse together? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Paul is talking about the relationship between uh, husband and wife, but in his speaking, he mentions Christ and the church. Husband, you need to love your wife. We all know I need to love my wife, but even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. We have some husbands here. Can you die for your wife? Can you give up your life for your wife? Some of you can do it, but it's really hard, right? Your wife, can you die for your husband? But Christ, he so loved us, so loved the church, and he gave himself up, uh, himself up for the church. So every Christian knows uh, John 3.16, right? God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten son. And everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. So when we consider the death of Christ, we think it's kind of individual matter. Okay, Christ, he died for me. Christ died for this brother. He died for that sister. But according to this verse, he died for the church. He died for his counterpart. The church is the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ and then wife of Christ. So this is a matter of love. So as a, the counterpart of church, we receive love from Christ. We are the object of God's Christ's love. He loves us so much. Okay. okay let's move on to Roman number two. We can read a title and then the verse together. Just like mentioned, uh, so who constitutes the church? Is it Baptist believers or the Lutheran believers? No. No. <laughs> right? Yeah, he says, churches of God, and then who have been, those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints. So all the believers are called saints. So every believer who received Christ as their life, who has been sanctified, they are constituents of the church. So you may have in a close relatives, if they're not saved, sorry, they're not the part of the church. So they need to receive Christ as their life. So everyone who has been sanctified in Christ Jesus, they can be the part of the church. 
And then we also need to see uh, the aspects of the church. The church has two aspects. So one is the universal aspect. What about we? we have okay, we can read the verse together again. Upon this rock, so here the Lord talks about the church in the universal aspect. He wants to build the one universal church. So uh, this universal church comprises all the believers all time and in all places, including Paul, Peter, and all the saints uh, throughout this 20th century. So every believer is part of this one universal church. But it also has another aspect, which is local aspect. What about we read uh, B and verse? So in Matthew 16, it talks about the church in the universal aspect, and then in this chapter 18, it talks about uh, the local aspect. So there was, you know, uh, one brother had a problem, and then a brother visited this brother, but he refused to listen to him. And then eventually, so we need to tell it to the church. So there's a problem you cannot solve. We need to bring this matter to the church. But if the church is, uh, church has only universal aspect, where can you go to? It has to be uh, some local expression in each locality. Okay, and then, and then, Roman number four. The designation of the church. Can we read A together? It has no special name. Church has no special name. So today, when we look at the today's Christianity, there are many churches. You know, Baptist, you know, Lutheran churches, Methodist, Catholic churches. So they're not really churches because the church has no special name. Yeah, the church is a church. My last name is Lee. My wife, she, she just, you know, Mrs. Lee. Right? Yeah. She doesn't need to take another name. So the church is the counterpart of Christ. We need to just take Christ. So the church is the Mrs. Church, <laughs> right? You don't need any other name. But it may be designated by the name of its locality. So we can see so many examples in the Bible. The brothers, uh, Acts 8.1 and sisters, 13.1 and all together, Revelation. The church which was in Jerusalem. Now there Saying what you see, write in a scroll, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. 
So Acts 1 says the church which is in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the name of the calendar. It doesn't say the Baptist church in Jerusalem or Lutheran church in Jerusalem. This, the church is a church. Church which is in Jerusalem. And then 13 says, now there were in Antioch in the local church. And in Revelation, John, he was writing uh, letters to the seven churches. But the name of the churches are the Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So these are the seven cities in the province of Asia. So we need to see what God desires in the church. God is, our triune God is one. One of his uh, characteristics is oneness. He is, he is in oneness, absolute oneness, and he wants his church to be in oneness. So we don't need to be divided by different you know, doctrines or practices. The church is the church. The church is the house of God, and the church is the body of Christ, the church is new man, and the church is the counter part of Christ. And all believers are the church. We are the church. We are, church is not the building. And then church has universal aspect. It also has a local aspect. So through the local, many local churches, God will obtain one universal church which will consummate in the New Jerusalem. It doesn't have any name, and then it's designated by the name of its locality. So who we are? We are the church. What's our name? We are in Austin, so we are the church in Austin. When you go to Houston, there's a church in Houston. When you go to Los Angeles, there's a church in Los Angeles. So all the believers in that city are the church. They're the part of the body of Christ. Don't try to separate uh, the body of Christ. My arm needs to stay here in the body, right? Yeah. Okay, what about we spend maybe five minutes so you can pair up and then kind of speak to one another. You can maybe memorize some points and then we can have overflow.